Sounders, keep your shades anchored and where they belong during life's greatest feats. Head to soundergoods.com and use promo code KTTC to get 10% off and free shipping with any order. You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. Here's Neil Keith. All right, so after um, a sort of long layoff for the Rangers because they're not used to wrapping series up in shorter than seven or uh, sometimes even six games, um, they're back at it a Thursday night game one of the second round against the Capitals who uh, were able to survive the Islanders in seven games um, themselves. And uh, things kick off at 7.30 on Thursday at MSG for Game 1. And joining me today to talk some Rangers hockey as they begin uh, their second round of their quest to return to the Stanley Cup Final is Adam Herman of Blue Shirt Banter. You can read him over at uh, blueshirtbanter.com. Adam, how's it going today? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, we, we're coming off a, uh, a five-game win for the Rangers, which uh, doesn't happen often, hasn't happened in forever. Um, you know, four one wins, and uh, your prediction of the Rangers in five held up and held true uh, through the first round. Yeah, uh, pretty amazed, actually, that I got that right, because uh, I'm usually not very good at those kinds of things. But, uh, you know, it, it kind of felt a bit strange, you know, when the Rangers won it in five. There was kind of just like a you know, like, that's it, like, feeling to it, because we're just so used to things going the distance with them, and there being so much drama and such, but, no, it was, uh, you know, when you, when you finish first overall in the, in the conference, especially the NHL, you're hoping for, you know, a pretty easy first-round series as your reward, and, and the Rangers, you know, even though all the games were close, the Rangers got, you know, a pretty lengthy break, whereas everyone else, you know, kind of, uh, had to battle it out, so, so that, that's good news for the Rangers. Yeah, and you mentioned how it sort of felt like, well, that's it. And the whole series, to me, I mean, right from the get-go when Broussard scores at the beginning of Game 1 to sort of set the tone for the series, uh, it just sort of felt easy, like almost too easy. And from a Rangers fan perspective, you know, whether it's you know grinding out seven-game series wins or needing to come back down 3-1 against the Penguins um, last year or a couple years ago when they had to come back down 3-2 against the Senators and the Capitals to get the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, nothing's ever easy when it comes to this team. But even though they won four games by a score of two to one and seemed like they were always you know just a bad bounce away at the end of games from forcing another overtime and they went to two in the first round but uh it just felt easy all along and I don't know I never really was worried or concerned that they were going to lose or or lose the series to the Penguins and I don't think I've ever had that feeling with this team yeah I mean uh outside of uh game two uh you know even though all the games were super tight there was never really a point where it felt like the rangers were in any sort of real danger or where like they were kind of uh you know um just kind of running around with their without heads and you know it, it always felt like the rangers were in command of the series um and so, so yeah i mean again you hope for an easy first round matchup like that and you know Pittsburgh, you know rep- reputation wise wasn't exactly the you know, a softball matchup, but uh, it ended up being as much for the Rangers. Uh, yeah, group. And I think when you when you look at their two overtime wins, I mean, to to win two games, uh, two to one in overtime after what we saw last year in the final against the Kings in overtime, where they lost all three of their overtime games, and it seems like these things have a way of evening themselves out, and these lucky breaks, or these bad bounces, or you know, the odd man rushes in overtime. Um, it just seems like you have to survive so many breaks to, to eventually win and, and for you know for their sake they weren't deep overtime games they weren't three and four overtime games um and they were sort of able to get them over 
quickly. Uh, and even in these overtimes, you know, I, I while any shot and any shot's a good shot, any shot can win the game, it once again just felt like they were going to find a way to get it done, and they did find a way to get it done. And I think the biggest part of this team, yeah. you know, from what, what you saw in this first round is something you saw the entire season is how, you know, good and deep their secondary scoring options are when, uh, you know, when someone like Nash only scores once in five games and, uh, you know, or, or someone like St. Louis isn't doing what he did last year in the playoffs. You know, they have guys like Broussard now. They have, you know, step on. Um, even the defense steps up. And I feel like that's the biggest difference from these teams in the past is that you don't have to worry about Henrik Lundqvist giving up one goal or even two goals and losing a playoff game. Is There's many more ways for this team to win now. Right. And, of course, you know, you look around the re- league right now, you know, Stamkos still hasn't scored for, for Tampa Bay. You know, Malkin was having his issues with Pittsburgh. And, you know, it's, everyone has a few really good players in the NHL, especially when you look towards the second round. Now, every team's going to have one or two guys who are really good. And what's going to separate you from those teams is is uh, beyond that, how good your depth is. So when you look at the Rangers, yeah, um, it's really great that they have a whole combination of players, um, you know, that can be relied on to produce some offense. You know, like even, even um, you know, the, the clincher, uh, against, against Pittsburgh in Game Five, you know it was Hagler who scored, but you know Dominic Moore and Jesper Fast were the guys who did the dirty work, uh, forechecking and keeping the puck in the zone. So yeah, um, when you look at this Rangers team, obviously you know you're, you're going to hope that Martin Saint Louis is going to pick it up a bit. Uh, Nash isn't producing the points, so maybe you'd like to see a couple more goals. But uh, I think obviously the Rangers' strength lies in the fact that there's just so many players on the team who can. Uh, being an offensive factor. Yeah, when you think about Nash, and I know there's a lot of people who get on him whenever he doesn't score a goal a game, which you know is just ridiculous. And even if he did that, they'd probably want more. And to have one goal, four points in five games, you know, I'm happy with that. I'm fine with that. I was fine with his play last postseason when he only scored three goals in 25 games because his game has developed, you know, from when he was young and just you know pure goal scorer and doubling his assist uh, total. And even though that's something he did this year, he's just developed his game and become a better all-around player. And even when he's not scoring goals, he's doing other things to help the team win. And I know that's not good enough for some people, but uh, what I, I look at it the last two years with him is that for them to advance and advance in five games with him not even you know putting the puck in the back of the net except for that sort of you know, last-minute goal in Game 2 against the Penguins. It just feels like at some point one of these hot streaks that, you know, his patented hot streaks is going to come through and you're not going to be able to stop him. And as long as this team can win in advance without him, you know, really helping out in the first round, I think that bodes well for the rest of the postseason because at some point I feel like he's going to break through. Well, yeah, of course. You know, there's never any guarantees, but, you know, you'd like to think that, uh, you know, whether it's Nash or whether it's Dan Coates or, you know, any, any other star, you know, if Rick Nash went five games in, in December in which he had one goal and I think it was four assists, you know, three or four assists, whatever, you know, no one, no one would blink. Everyone would be like, all right, fine. Like, that's fine production. But, you know, obviously the playoffs are magnified. So, uh, you know, everyone kind of has this, like, very, um, you know, very kind of narrow-minded view of the playoffs in which, uh, you know, if a guy goes on a few games slump, and again, like, if he goes on a few games slump in, in the winter, you know, it happens, but suddenly like the playoffs, you know, players become robots and, you know, you either produce or you don't, it defines your character. You know, of course not. Um, you know, in small game sample houses, of course not, you know, uh, anything can happen in, in, you know, a few game span and such. And, you know, you'd like to think that uh, if the Rangers can make a deep run, you know, uh, it, it's going to kind of even out there. And of course, you know, there'll be, maybe it'll be Bessard who starts something a bit and Nash is the one who's, uh, you know, piling up a few goals. And, that, you know, that, that's kind of how you win because you're not going to have all 
uh, you know, all 20 guys in your, in your lineup, uh, you know, on firing on all cylinders, at, you know, all the time. So, you know, when one guy picks it up, another might slump and, and vice versa. Well, it's hard to really get on them for anything, uh, you know, negative when you win a, a first-round series in five games uh, against even the Penguins who limped into the playoffs and then limped through the playoffs. But, um, you know, obviously the power plays is going to be always a question with this team, and it seems like no matter how the roster changes or the personnel or the coaches, it's the same old story with the Rangers. And, uh, you know, when you look at this team here before we get into this the second-round matchup with the Capitals, what is, you know, what, what did you like the most about their first-round five-game series win and, and, what, and what surprised you? know in a bad way also in the series yeah well what I, what I really liked about the Rangers is their shot suppression uh you know obviously Pittsburgh's strength uh doesn't lie in their defense per se um or anything like that obviously they're an offensive team you expect them to score a lot you expect them to generate a lot of offense um but but Pittsburgh really didn't uh again outside of game two you know the Rangers were holding them to to, to one goal in every game uh and not just that, but, you know, they really kind of, Crosby, you know, got his share of offense when he always was going to, but he didn't really just dominate play like you can. And uh, Malkin obviously was playing her, but the Rangers really eliminated him. Uh, you know, really kind of were not very much factors. Um, so, see, I had to really like the fact that, uh, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a series where, you know, again, goal scoring aside, they didn't have to rely on Lundqvist to just carry them you know, throughout. They really were doing a good job of limiting uh, not only the number of shots that Lundqvist was seeing, but, you know, the, the caliber of quality. So I, I think you have to like that going forward, especially against an offensive team like the Capitals. Um, you know, what you'd like to see a bit more of, obviously, um, is obviously the power play you'd like to see get a little bit better. Um, you know, because when you're, when you're getting that many power plays, the series, you know, as easy as it was, and it's hard to complain, like you said, but you know, it might have been a bit easier a few of the games if the uh, Rangers had just killed them off uh, with those power play opportunities. But, you know, I, I think to a degree, it's just kind of, again, a small sample size thing. And even if the Rangers' power play is bad, it's not going to be that bad. And if, if you can even operate at 15%, you know, I think that's good enough for the Rangers. So... So I'd look for that to get going a little bit. Well, on the uh, special team sides of things for the Capitals, and, and, you know, the one way they can beat the Rangers and the one way you have to be fearful of them is with the power play uh, because of Ovechkin out there. And, you know, we talked in the past about uh, the idea of sort of, you know, eliminating him altogether and having someone shatter or stick to him. And you sort of can essentially turn the power play from a five-on-four into a four-on-three and let other guys beat you that aren't Ovechkin. And while great players will find a way to get it done, and he, he certainly does no matter, uh, you know, sort of what defense you can put out there or what, what um, you know sort of uh, arrangement you put if you take away from the box the diamond he, he finds a way to score but it just seems like to me you know five on five even strength the Capitals won't be able to play with the Rangers we certainly have the advantage and goal as well and the only way the Capitals can really you know sort of tilt this series in their favor is by being undisciplined and taking you know stupid untimely penalties and if you stay out of the box it seems like you should be able to beat them um, you know when you look at this Capitals team uh, you know, they're, they're certainly not on the Rangers level, you know, depth wise and up and down the lineup. But, you know, is there other ways that you see aside from the power play that will burn the Rangers? Well, I, I think the Capitals defense is a bit, is going to be better than what the Rangers face in Pittsburgh. And um, so it, it's going to be a bit more of a test for the Rangers depth. Um, you know, again, you're probably going to see, see um, you know, Capitals putting either John Carlson or Carlson or Matt Niskin on, on the Nash line. And so, you know, it's going to be a lot harder. Um, for the Rangers going up against uh, 
you know, you know, people talk about Brooks Orpic and how overrated he is and overpaid, and it's true. But you know, going up against a guy like him is going to be a bit harder for Kevin Hayes than it would be to go up against Taylor Chorn. Um So, so I think it's going to be a real big test for the Rangers' depth um, in terms of you know, can they can they really uh, generate against more NHL caliber defense? Yeah, and I feel like when you look at what happened in the Capitals Islanders series on on the kill side of it, I mean the the Islanders to go you know goalless on the power play uh, with some of the offensive weapons they had where it was a surprise. And you know, is that just you know is that just a fluky thing, a uh, you know sort of a, a just an odd slump at a bad time for the Islanders, or do you see the Capitals PK being that good? And if so, I mean, when you look at the Rangers and their inefficiencies on the power play, um, you know those things don't line up exactly so great for the Rangers' favor in this series. Well, yeah, uh, is, it, is it, again, is it some extent a small sample size thing? Probably. I mean, if the Islanders played the Capitals, you know, in, in a, in a 14 game series, you know, I, I, something tells me that they, they would have scored a goal eventually, you know. It's just one of those things. But, but yeah, obviously, you know, if there's, if there's a very, if there's the easiest way for Rangers to lose a series through special teams, you know, because, um, obviously, the Capitals, you know, show that their PK is pretty, pretty good against the Islanders, and then you know about the Rangers' issues. Um, but you know, it's interesting. Steve Alcat pointed out something to me, uh, a few days ago, and you know, it was after Holtby let in just that terrible goal uh, with the Islanders uh, tied up in Game Seven. Um, you know, and it's easy to say, "Oh, like it, it happens." Of course, it happens. Um, you know, Braden Holtby played something like seventy games in the regular season, some some crazy number like that. Uh, and then obviously uh, six games uh, in the series. So so this is a tired goaltender, and especially you know he's not someone who's used to that kind of workload. Um, you know uh, this was this was his, by far his uh, his biggest workload prior to the season. His uh, his most clear games of the season was 48 in the NHL. So so I think when, when with the Rangers, you know they kind of just really need to to bite on that. You know especially now with Washington. Um, having a quick uh, trip to, uh, to New York after winning in Washington. It's going to be a tired team, and Colby especially uh, is going to be tired. So I think as the series goes on, you know, hopefully that's something that's going to show for the Rangers. And so especially on the power play, you just want to make him move as much as possible. You want to make life as difficult as possible for him. Uh, and if that, if that means that he's just standing and seeing clean shots, then it's going to be very uh, very easy job for him, but if you can keep him moving, eventually he's just going to wear down, and you're going to. Yeah, and you mentioned how it seems like you know with as advantage the Rangers have because of Washington playing two extra games in the first round and having to travel to New York, while the Rangers have been uh, you know off for basically the entire week. Um, they also didn't have to play you know as, as desperate hockey down the stretch as the Capitals because they wrapped up a, po- a playoff berth so early. So it really seems like these first two games at MSG on Thursday and Saturday, especially with the quick turnaround with the day game on Saturday, really playing in the Rangers' favor. And uh, you know it, it, like they were able to split in the first two games against the Penguins and it just seemed like okay even though they split they were still the much more superior team whereas the Capitals have turned it on down the stretch uh, in the regular season they're coming off a you know an emotional high-spirited game seven win against the Islanders so it seems like anything less than you know winning both these games at home here to start this series would uh you know be very detrimental to the rest of the series just because everything really highly favors the Rangers right now before we've even played game one yeah absolutely and I mean look if the Rangers lose one of these games is the end of the world no I think again I said this last time but uh, this is a very experienced team um, that that's been down this road before, and so I think that they they can handle that. It's one of those things where um, 
it would really benefit the Rangers tremendously and put Washington in a, in a pretty deep hole that I don't know they, that they can climb out of if the Rangers could uh, get off to a quick 2-0 start here. Um, because, again, uh, the Rangers aren't going to face uh, them in any better conditions. You know, at home, they're rested. Washington, you know, is, fl- is sluggish and traveling. So, so you know, they're, they're there for the taking. Uh, this should be the Rangers, especially being one, it should be the Rangers to lose. So you'd like to see them, you know, really take advantage of that and kind of uh, put Washington on their heels early. Well, uh, everyone was confident heading into the first round uh, against a, a banged-up Pittsburgh team, missing most of their defense that sort of backed into the playoffs on the final day of the season. Um, and now they see a Capitals team that is much improved over past postseasons against the, against the Rangers. A much more balanced team now. Maybe they finally have their answer in net for the first time since probably Olaf Olaf Kolzig. Uh, you know, what's your confidence level at heading into this series compared to where it was? You know, a week or a week plus ago before they started the Pittsburgh series. Yeah, I mean, whenever whenever it comes to the Rangers, I like to use the term cautiously pessimistic. <laughs> that really just defines what it's like being a Rangers fan. Uh, but. No, I, I think uh, the series is going to be a tougher battle for the Rangers, but, you know, that's what you expect in round two versus round one. Um, I think Lundqvist's Holby is going to be uh, a big difference maker, obviously. Again, you know, Lundqvist, you know, for the first time basically ever, is well-rested. So, uh, you know, thanks to, thanks to the injury and, of course, thanks to the winning this series in five. So Lundqvist isn't as uh, best of shape as he ever will be. Uh, in the playoffs, and again, Holtby, you know, is already showing signs of, uh, you know, tailing off here. So I think the goaltending is going to be a huge aspect for Rangers. I mean, it's going to be a bit tougher series because I think Washington is a bit more complete team. Uh, but but I'll take the Rangers in uh, another another grueling seven game series. All right, I was going to ask you for prediction. I know you don't, you know, you don't like to make the prediction. No one does, and it's meaningless anyway. But um, because you hit it on five in the first one, now I'm now I'm a little worried because of your seven and to sit through, you know, a tough, uh, you know, tough back and forth seven game series again with the Capitals. But um, you know, you had it in five, so I feel like you're going to come through again with seven. I picked the Rangers in six here uh, once again, and. I always feel like a six-game series is sort of the cop-out pick because most series, um, you know, most people predict it to go six. I feel like that's probably, right, you know, yeah. the most obvious pick. Um, but I just felt like the rain, the Capitals are better than the Penguins, so I didn't want to say five. And I just wanted to avoid the Rangers even facing elimination as early as, as the second round. But according to you, we'll be seeing an elimination game a couple of weeks at MSG. Yeah, perhaps. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Adam. Well, thanks again, and uh, you know we'll talk again, and hopefully it's uh, before they play the Canadians or the Lightning uh, for the Eastern Conference Finals. And um, yeah, hopefully one of our predictions works out well because that means the Rangers are still alive. Yeah, absolutely. All right, thanks again, Adam. You got it.